Welcome to episode 61 of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting. My name is Jeff Greenstein. And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome to episode 61. 61. You know what's interesting, Gabe? uh, Tell me. We didn't do anything interesting for episode 60. (laughs) Oh, yes, we did. It's subliminal, and I think that our listeners will attest to that. And uh, they are feeling good about themselves and that's all we care about that's right that's right how are you man what's going on oh my gosh it was so exciting first of all we'll get into that seeing each other in another state correct in our fine country but first off let me tell you something do you know what happened 61 years ago do you know what year it was this is going to be difficult Okay, wait a second. Let me see. Now, we're getting into be some confusing. very advanced math here because yes, yes. 61 years ago, yes. it was 1962. That's right. Not episode 62. Right. We have crossed <laughs> a threshold of sorts. How about that? Yes, we we're have. We're now at the point where the number of the episode is going to grow larger than the last two digits of the year under discussion. Right, until people are sketching out <laughs> portraits of their friends, and that's, that's what we're right. going to talk about, the that's pens right. and the pencils that's that they use. right. You know yeah. what else is coming up, guys? I mean, start, you know, go shopping, go to your local Smart and Final or Megastore, stock up. November 20th is our third anniversary. Oh, yes, it is. Perhaps that will be the long-promised blockbuster episode. Oh, that's a really, you know what? I think you've just solved the mystery. Yeah. Yes, that'll yeah. be it. Yes, uh, but yes, let's talk about uh, 19, what did you say again? It's 1962, 62. but let me tell yes. you how many cameras. Are you ready? These are just oh, the ones boy. that I have done research on that I thought were interesting. Eight. Wow. Eight. Oh, That's my God. That's a lot of cameras, and there that were more than eight, but I'm just saying, okay, let's start. 1962, the Minolta Hi-Matic. Uh, which one? The original high forty-five mil. Yep, forty-five millimeter f two lens or the forty-five millimeter f two eight lens and the built-in selenium light meter and wow. rangefinder. Have, have you used this camera? I have used this camera. What did you think? I liked it. I you know it was very simple. You know it, it yeah. felt like one of those cameras that was. It felt like it would be great for someone just getting into photography too to just try it out. This camera is, in my opinion, underrated. Yes. This is one of those rangefinders. Again, when I was shopping for my first camera that I picked out all by myself, I was looking at the Konica C35, the Canon G3 QL17, the Olympus 35RC, which is what I ultimately got, the Roli 35, and the Minolta. At the time, I believe it was the Hymatic F. Mm-hmm. During my recent trip to Texas, which we're not going to talk about, we're going to talk about that in the next episode, but I saw a lot of these Hymatics in camera shops dusting you know covered with dust on the shelves nobody buys these things they're yeah. great they got those rocor lenses they have a real rangefinder minolta meters very nice so yes high maddox that's a very good camera yeah and i think sometimes people look at those cameras and go well what do you do with it you know what i mean they just have to take yeah. it out of the case and dust it off and they'll see it's much easier than they think yeah. okay number two ladies and gentlemen the nikon f photomic <gasps> what? Right? Oh, Gabe. The yeah. Nikon F Photomic. <sighs> Have we covered a more significant camera than the Nikon F? It's Have we? Pretty amazing. Yeah. That's the camera. Incredible. 
This is one you and I both have. Am I correct about that? Yes, we both have. And I'm still lusting over, even though I have the yes. Photomics as the original app. But uh, amazing camera. And then amazing. in 65, they, it was the Photomic T. Yeah. That was a viewfinder uh, change. Yeah. Let me uh, ask you about this. Would you agree that the Nikon F Photomic mm -hmm. is a remarkably ugly camera? Remarkably so. It's ugly like the ugly puppy that you want to have at your house. You know yeah. what I mean? It's one of those. Yes. It's one of those things that you go, wow, this is not the most attractive, but I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah, I find it interesting that as pristine and elegant and lovely as the Nikon F with the plain <laughs> prism is, right. that photomic prism is brutalist architecture at its most aggressive. <laughs> but an incredibly great camera. And I think Nikon Fs are still underpriced, honestly. Are you, are you saying it's the, it's the Getty Museum of Cameras? Well, let's see. Is it that <laughs> ugly? I don't know. You know, I save Getty Museum for true, abject <laughs> condemnation of things I despise. Okay, so I just want to make sure. perhaps not. But excellent. Okay, keep going. Okay, here's something that happened in 1962. Oh. The Hasselblad 500C went on a trip to space. <gasps> uh, which uh, which Mercury space trip rocket. was that? The, oh, uh, yep. Mercury Rocket 1962 became the first camera to properly document space. Wow. What did that? they do before that? They used, again, a piece of paper and a charcoal <laughs> pencil. And that's what we got. That's wow. all you're allowed to Amazing. Use. That's all you're allowed I to I love use. it. Okay. The now, five, who was? Was this John Glenn? This is was Walter Shearer. Was this Alan Shira. Shepard? Walter, Walter Shira. Wally Shira later did yeah, yeah. Tylenol ads, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. That's crazy yeah. that you pulled that out. Yep, yep. That yep. is crazy. Right. Yep, okay. Walter Shira. The next one is a camera that I bought, and it has a half a roll in it still. This yes. is the Canonflex, Canonflex RM. <gasps> oh. And, uh, you know, developed as an entirely different model, but it is. I. I I love the way it looks, and I loved how yes. it brassed, and uh, that's another yeah, favorite of mine. Yeah, yours is gorgeous. I'll report yeah, I, about it soon. I'm very excited to hear your report. Canon flexes, in my opinion, also quite underrated. People look at the F, FTB, and the yeah. F1, the FTB, etc. But these Canon flexes, it's a different lens mount. Okay, so you got to hunt a little harder for that glass, but they're True. not expensive. They're really, no. really good. Nice. Okay. Next one's a little in your wheelhouse, ladies and oh, gentlemen, the yes. Pentax SV. SV. You know, I held one of these in my hand uh, two days ago at a camera shop in Denton, Texas. Again, this is these small S and H series pre-Spotmatic cameras that appear to be the same size as Spotmatic or Pentax K, but are actually slightly smaller. The SV, of course, was the meterless i think that was the budget edition i could be wrong about this guys as you'll hear later i'm just talking i don't really know what i'm talking about <laughs> that's a good but thing but sbs are lovely that's a great one okay okay wonderful this is, this is this is a camera two cameras i don't know one the miranda dr i don't know that one either is that an slr or not it's an slr okay and don't know that one i know the sensor x and the later mirandas but not that one okay and and, the, and I can't even pronounce it. It's the Fuji 1960U Fujikarex. How about that? Fujikarex. You have to Is look that, that one out. Yeah. Fujikarex. I don't know anything about that. That's, yeah, the, that's what happened when a Fuji and an Ikarex <laughs> 
got together. Oh, yes. They should never a go to a party together. Correct. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly. What a little too much to drink. Yep. Before you know it, uh, you uh, got a Fujika Rex. A little developer chemical and uh, yeah, everything exactly. goes haywire. Splash it around. Yep. Okay. Um, and then one you will know uh, is the Rico Singlex. Well, you know, this is one again. Yep. This is one I I always disdained the Ricos because I right. heard they were terrible. Right. The Rico Singlex, which I believe was also sold under the Sears name. Oh, you are correct, my friend. How about that? Okay, so yep. I don't just I'm not just talk. I know a few things. You do. Okay, well, you do. we'll see. Okay. But again, we tend to dismiss these Ricoh cameras, okay? They do not have a reputation for reliability, nor is their glass reputed to be great. But I played with a Ricoh Singlex and I found it credible. It looks cool. I like the way yeah. I like the way the logo sits. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What is that number eight? Is that the eight? That's of eight? it. That's it. That's it. Excellent recap. How about that? Cameras of 62. By the way, I also want to say to our legions of listeners who are we are honoring in this episode, if we miss one of your favorites of a particular year and you want to shine a light upon it, please write to us and let us know. How about that? <laughs> yes, please. My goodness. Well, excellent recap, Gabe. This is a, uh, shall we go into the main event? Is it time? I think it's time. I think okay. it's time. Ordinarily, at this point, we would talk about what Gabe and I have been up to. We're not going to do that, no. guys. That's the, This one is all about you. This is our gift to you, guys. It's Friday the 13th as we record this, and this is your lucky day. Yes, it is. We have a mailbag that is so far beyond prodigious that I struggle, even as a writer, even as someone who, for whom words are the lingua franca, <laughs> I struggle to come up with a word to describe the Brobdingnagian size of this mailbag. Do you have a word, Gabe? It's large. I think um, super crazy um, engorged. Is that <laughs> Will that work? <laughs> sure. So, guys, this email is beyond prodigious. It's the super crazy engorged... <laughs> Mailbag. Now, when I say that, we have 46 items in what? the mailbag. Wait a minute. 46. Wait I'm not even joking. Is 46 the comedy number of yes. how many we would have yes, in there? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm sorry yes. to report that it is actually how many are in there. Oh, my goodness. The mailbag stretches back to mid-August because I guess we have been irresponsible. I, I don't know. But uh, we have a lot of emails, some multiples from correspondents whose names you will know. They are sort of like the supporting cast of our smash hit podcast. Uh, but we're going to dive in. We may not be able to read every syllable of your deathless prose, but we're going to dive in. We're going to go email to email. We're going to try and keep the pace fast. I have a feeling that in spite of this, this might end up being an XL episode. But oh we're going to dive in. Here we go. First up, this will not surprise you. Alan Perez writes... On the subject of power winders, he says, what do you two think about power winders? Not the ones that are integrated into a camera's design, but those that you attach to your camera to facilitate taking rapid exposures. What do you think, man? Thoughts? I like them. I'll tell you the uh, truth. But I go back and forth. Here's what I do. I feel like I, you know, it's almost like digital where you shoot and shoot and shoot. You yes. know, and sometimes you sort of get a little lazy by not focusing on the one shot you're taking. And 
Yeah. So I sometimes feel the same way when I have a rapid winder or any of those motorized winders. I feel like maybe I'm just going to shoot an extra few things because the winder's on there. Um, the other uh, thing, one thing I do like about them, it feels like it balances some of the cameras better for me. Sure. So, yeah. so even even the, um, as crazy as this is, the Compact Olympus OM-1, yes. it, with a winder, it actually feels sort of like, you want the compact. It's, you love that. But just as far as balance goes, I, I like having the winder. And it's got a little hand grip on it, which is nice. Yes, and I also right? found it at the thrift store for $2. So, yes. This is something I was going to say. Okay, I have never owned a power winder in my life. Oh, ever. my goodness. Ever. Uh, but I will say that when I've handled a camera that features one, sometimes it balances out a slippery, you know, hard-to-grip surface with a good grippy thing right on the right edge you can get your hand around i tend to shoot too fast as it is so i think in general power winders are not for me but yeah let's hear he alan suggests let's hear from the teaming masses do you use power winders and if so on what camera exactly uh, that's a really really good question next up fernando vilava <laughs> viava mm. Villava. Okay, sorry fernando fernando asks he's actually from germany so i'm not even going to hmm. presume to yeah. ask how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Fernando says, congratulations on your podcast. Love the video. He says, this is a suggestion as a courtesy to new listeners. He says, when you talk about cameras, not everybody knows that an XA is an Olympus or an M6 is a Leica. That's it can be intimidating for new listeners. He says, always mention the full name, brand, and model. This is my two cents. Fernando, we agree with you. Yes, that is correct. Yep. I feel like some podcasts that are not smash hits. Yes often presume that when you start throwing around these letters and numbers, people know what you're talking about. So we will take your note to heart. We're writers. We're good at taking notes. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Thank you, Fernando. Next up, Alan Perez <laughs> says <Who? laughs> on the subject of Robert Duano. Yes. I don't think you roll an R if you're talking about Robert Duano. Oui, oui. But he said that there was a Facebook post that popped up uh, a few days ago, and he linked to it. I'm going to quickly pull this up. There is a post about Peter Turnley and Robert Duano. Okay, I am not going to read or, <laughs> or recount this, but uh, if you Google those two names, you can probably find what Alan is referring to. We're, We're going to move there. on now. Yes. Moving on now. Our dear friend, Brian McDonald. <laughs> okay, here's what he said. I'm going to dive into this. Okay, guys, I have not pre-digested these in emails, but no. I'm going to roll into this. He says, Dear Jeff and Gabe, recently my wife and I shook on an agreement to limit our spending on our respective interests to a set figure a month in order to get it under control. Let me stop right there. Oh, my goodness. Gabe, thoughts? What do you think about that? Look, uh, the fact that there's money every month to spend on cameras, <laughs> I, that's all I heard. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're going to get something for your camera every month. Yes. Oh. So he says that his wife's weakness is books. His is film cameras and apparel. I don't know if that means film cameras <laughs> and apparel or film cameras and apparel. I, I don't know. I but think it's the anyway, latter. Yeah. He yeah. went shopping, and here are the things that he acquired. I'm going to skip ahead here. He bought 
two gorgeous lenses, a Pentax 200mm f4 super multi-cold Takamar for the Pentax 6.7. Hoo boy! That is That's a nice, nice piece of glass. And the Canon 300mm f4L FDN to go with his FTB. Wait, wait, Man. wait, wait, wait. What millimeter? 300. Oh, that's amazing. Do you that's know what, amazing. guys? I was presented with an opportunity to buy a Nikon AIS, I think, AIS mount. In other words, the F mount lens. A 200 millimeter F4. I was at a camera shop in uh, Dallas, I think. I was presented with the opportunity to buy this for 80 bucks. I said no. You know why? You never use it. I don't need. I'm never going to use it, man. No. I, I, the longest lens I own in the 35 millimeter range is a 105. Do you guys accumulate telephoto lenses? I just, a wide, I get it. Normals, sure. Telephoto, are you a bird photographer? Are you a sports photographer? Because other than that, what? Okay. Well, this is what I think. I think that if if you actually bought that lens, yes. you would never get out of your California backyard. I never I would. literally think that it would, be, first yep. of all, it's awesome. And there's every bird to see there. So you'd wow. just live there. So don't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he also said he got a Peak Design 10L in gray. What? I have oh, the exact yeah. same bag. I'm about to take it on a trip, which I'll talk about in a minute. And he loves it. The Peak 10L is great, and I'll tell you why. Not only does it hold two cameras and a lens in these three little chambers, but it has the perfect rear pocket that is the exact size of my 12-inch MacBook. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. Finally, he says, the last acquisition is not yet complete, but it involves half a cookie that has been modified by a professional to maximize its functionality. It requires no modification to maximize its aesthetic appeal as it couldn't be more beautiful. Can you guess what it is? No, I what can't even a half cookie. The only thing I can think is it's some sort of modification to a pen F or a pen FT. I can't imagine what else it would be. But what would the modification be? Well, there is a... This is going way down a rabbit hole. Okay. But there is a book uh, a, a that was published by, I think, Peter Deschert, I think, which is all about modifying pen FTs, changing the finder, changing the lens mount, you know, bolting a hot shoe to the top. There's all kinds of things that it suggests. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. But I do not know. We don't know, Brian. He said, uh, if you can't guess, I will confirm with a selfie when it arrives. Send it, man, if you haven't already. He finally yeah. says, sell, 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 buy, 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 over and out from Ireland, Jeff Shouty voice. So I guess what's what he wants me to say <laughs> is Ireland. Okay, I next up, it. two emails from Ron Hoffer. Okay, now we love this guy. Okay, you remember he was the one who did that right. uh, Berlin photo book that he granted to us a couple of years ago. He says, this is... Uh, the subject line is, my vote for slickest Spotmatic setup. That's hard to say fast. He says, uh, long time no chat, guys. Uh, <laughs> I almost felt drowned in X-Pan chatter, but then saw Jeff's lovely snapshots in iconic spots across Central Europe. Anyway, he said, your discovery of the Pentax screw mount system reminded me of my recent return to the family after foolishly ditching a lovely black Spotmatic 2 for the glamour quality, versatility, and unfortunately more weight of a Nikon F3 HP. He came back into the family with a chrome Spotmatic that he bought at District Camera, and the 50mm f4 super multi-coated Takamar. I believe that is the macro version. And he sent us a picture of his setup. 
which is uh, lovely. And that, I got to say, that Pentax 50F4 macro is a sweetheart of a lens. This once again gets into our ongoing discussion about whether Spotmatics are the most beautiful camera. Gabe, I don't know where you come down on this. Where do you come down on this? I'm looking at one right now. I like it. I think it's a nice camera. I haven't used it enough to feel that much affection towards it. But that's just because I haven't used it enough. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for those emails, Ron. Next up from our friend. James Rufus Akoya Corin says he has a link here. Uh, actually, not a link. He has an excerpt from John McPhee's book, A Room Full of Hovings. This is John McPhee's New Yorker profile of former Metropolitan Museum director Thomas Hoving. Does that name mean anything to you? Uh, it sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. He was the guy who in the, I believe, 1960s built the incredible collection at the Metropolitan Museum, okay? So here is uh, McPhee's narrative, okay? Hoving was in Zurich to see an ivory cross whose owner would allow him to see it in a bank vault but refused to let him take photographs. Here is the quote from the McPhee book. Each day as they entered the room, Hoving set his Roloflex on a table in front of the owner, whose name was Topic Mimara, Mm-hmm. And again appealed for pictures. He was always turned down. Topic Mimara left him alone in the vault only once. And as he went out, he picked up Hoving's Roloflex and slung its strap over his shoulder. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Take all the pictures you care to, he oh, said. Oh, my goodness. I will, Hoving said. As the door closed behind Topic Mimara, Hoving reached into his shirt where he had a Minox. Love it. Great story, man. Love it. Thank you for that, James. What a great story. Thank you for that. We love our Minoxes. Next up, would you be surprised to learn, it's the man who lives rent-free in my head, Alan Perez. (laughs) For the mailbag, he says, are there cameras made for left-handed people or favored by left-handers? I think that the Roly 35 and some Xactas have left-sided winding levers, but don't know if that is enough. He said he's curious because he has some lefties in his family. Gabe, thoughts? Yeah, I'm trying to think. There is, I. What is the camera with the There's one with a winding lever on the bottom, and I think that's on the left side. I just have Interesting. to. Interesting. Yeah. I can't remember the make of it, but yes, it's one of those older '60s. You know. Yeah, the two that you're referring to, Alan, are exactly the ones that I would have referenced. I always hear exactas are the cameras for lefties because yes, right. they have their winding lever on the left. I had not thought about it, but yes, the Roli 35 actually also has it on the left, and I guess you would consider that a left-handed camera. Guys, I don't really know. And you know what? I ain't Googling. So for the mailbag, guys, chime in if there are other cameras that you lefties find particularly convenient or easy to use. I'm also thinking of that Linda McCartney shot we posted of right. her handling her Nikon F with her left hand. I <laughs> that really she bugged you. was left-handed. It really bugged me, but apparently she was manipulating the camera as a le- – I don't know. Okay, yeah, on weird. we go. But thank you for that. Alan, next up. I'm so sorry, Heath. This is from Heath Dewey. He's asking if we're going to be at Beers and Cameras in New York on September 23rd. I wanted to go. I didn't make it, but Heath, thanks for asking. Okay, on we go. Tim Snow wrote, here's what he's saying. Gentlemen, 
I've been struggling for years now to describe the draw to and feeling experienced from making photographs, and I guess it can simply be described as follows. It makes me happy. Equal part gear nerd, adventure seeker, and curious soul, I've been fortunate to have a camera open doors and allow me some truly magical memories. He's pro photographed professional sports, breaking news, portraits, and have spent the past 25 years photographing concerts everywhere, from punk squats to arenas and major festivals. At the end of the day, though, my all too often cynical and doer, because that's how you pronounce it, guys, it's not dour, cynical and doer worldview get the best of me. My anxiety and depression bubble to the surface. The three constants which bring me happiness and joy are my wife and kids, trail running, and just having a camera in my hands, going outside and making pictures, true unadulterated joy. I've been in the truest sense of the word an amateur of photography as long as I can remember. Experience the world through natural... Uh, experiencing the world through Nat Geo, being amazed by the photographs in Thrasher, feeling the sound and fury in the liner note photographs of Glenn E. Friedman of bands who remain my biggest influences to this day. The feeling of seeing those photographs spurred me on to borrow my dad's Yashica MG1, which I shortly thereafter broke, and starting <laughs> down this long and winding path. All this talk of gear digital versus film, film stocks and whatnot. I just hope no one forgets what drew them to this vocation and art form in the first place, the joy. The magic you feel when you see an image appear on paper in the darkroom, nailing the shot, the joy of helping out a new photographer and encouraging them to pursue their budding passion. All the best in happiness, health, and properly exposed negatives. Your street correspondent in Mar Montreal, Tim, P.S. Praise withheld. He is at Tim Snow Photo on instagram gabe beautiful email right i love that i i you know i i just think it's and it also you do have to think more i mean look we're gear nerds and we always go to these events and we're all talking about gear and it, we're talking about gear more than pictures sometimes and i think yeah. it's great to take a beat and just you know think about shooting and just grab any camera you find and just shoot yeah I love that sentiment, Tim, and that is why I read every syllable of your deathless prose. That was really, really wonderful. Well Thank done. you for writing in, Tim Snow. Okay, next up, another regular correspondent we always enjoy hearing from, Tom Northenskold, chimes in and says, how's this for a Jules Verne camera? He says, no read, need to read this one on air, but I, it is funny. This is said on the National Camera Exchange website, natcam.com, Peterson Aquacam medium format film vintage underwater camera. Do you did you see this thing, Gabe? Yes, insane, unbelievably cool. It's a metal box with a handle and a. It sight looks like a huge like you would have to have that old, you know, deep sea diving caricature yeah. that we see all the time. The giant metal yeah helmet round Guys, helmet. This is still on natcam.com. It's only 300 bucks. If you're an underwater shooter, I'm thinking specifically of, uh, oh, my God, never mind. I'm thinking specifically <laughs> of friends that I have seen who shoot underwater. Oh, my God. Uh, this is an amazing little machine. Thanks for writing in with that, Tim. Pretty okay. cool. Do you know how I like when people clap back at me? You know how I like that, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Do you remember in the mists of history, when Sean Eliason wrote to us, a teacher at Harry S. Truman High School, and I corrected him yes. for putting a period after the S in S. Truman. Well, right. Sean wrote back. I'm going to read the whole email to reward him for 
writing back. He says, hello, gentlemen, Sean in Philly checking back in. He said, I've had zero luck finding a replacement for my bricked Freedom Vista. That is the U.S. name for the exalted Minolta Peas. He did, however, find a mint condition Topcon Unirex for 24 bucks. Do you oh know God. that machine, Gabe? Yes, I do. Wow. Because well, it's always at that it's, uh, stand at the end of the camera show. Exactly. It's in the trash tape. He said it's a weird camera with a leaf shutter in front of the mirror. He initially thought it had a teleconverter or mount adapter of some sort, but the shutter just protrudes out of the face of the camera. Very odd looking. He has not had a chance to run film through it. So wish me luck. Wish you luck, Sean. Send us some pictures if it works. He says, here we goes. Here comes the clapback. <laughs> On to the S. Putting a period after an initial is only grammatically correct if the initial is an abbreviation of something. Truman thought his name was not distinguished enough, so he chose the S purely to fancy up his name for voters. He was not given a middle name at birth. It is considered acceptable to break the grammatical rule by putting a period in Harry S. Truman because Truman himself signed his name that way usually. Sean, teacher, Harry S. Truman High School with the period. <laughs> Thoughts? You know what? I it's so entertaining to me. I wish you could see the look. It's it's so entertaining to me how in the weeds this is. It's unbelievable. It's like it's like if you gave this to a bunch of people at a dinner party, they'd all yeah. just stop talking and go, I know. "What? What?" This is why I went for a very long time with no girlfriend. Okay? This is because I care so much about this stuff. Sean <laughs> <laughs> Far be it from me, Yiddish word, to quarrel with an educator. But you can't just randomly put a period after things because you feel like it. I'm sorry. It's Harry S. with no period. I don't care what Harry himself did. It doesn't matter. You know, Elvis Aaron Presley, his grave has the double A, Aaron, but that was not his middle name. It was A-R-O-N. Do we take Elvis's dad name? <laughs> Whatever. On we go. Thank you so much for writing, Shot. I so love a good. good ped I love a good pedant because I am one. Okay, on yes. we go. Okay, in past episodes, we have done this roll the dice segment, which people seem to be enjoying quite a bit, and we yes. solicited names for it. A couple of people chimed in. The first up was Tom Northenskold. He said, how about calling it the crapshoot? Get it? Do you hear it? There's the word crap shoot and shoot. the word crap. It alludes to the fact that craps is a dice game. Yes. Shoot speaks to cameras, and we are full of crap. Thoughts? Yes. Perfect. I kind of like that. That is on, right on yep. the nose. Pretty good, Tom. We'll see what other suggestions come in, but right now that's the one to beat. Next up, Alan Perez. What? Okay. Alan, I happen to have Alan right here. He said, <laughs> on the subject of pictures not taken, we talked about this in episode 59. He said, I listened to episode 59 while dog walking. Best way to listen to our show. Have a stupider animal in front of you so the stupid animals in your ears will seem smarter by comparison. Okay. Exactly. So he exactly. said, when you read my email and suggested the Will Stacy book, Pictures Not Taken, I stopped, logged into my local library website, and downloaded an electronic copy on the Hoopla service. This is sort of the library equivalent, the book equivalent of the off-mentioned Canopy with a K. He says it now sits atop a pile of books about Robert Duano, whom you mentioned recently. He said the big difference is the Stacy book has no photos and weighs a few electrons. Anyway. <laughs> He also said, put Chicago on our list of travel destinations. Alan, listen, that picture's not taken book is cool, okay? Yeah. And we have noted that for a yep. future crapshoot 
segment. Oh, yeah. Okay. On we go. Tom Northenskold chimes in. He says, for episode 61, a 1962 camera, he says, Gabe, the Nikor XF, remember we spoke of this, or Nikorex, which came out in 1962, was his dad's first Nikon. He still has it. He says he used it on a 10-week camping trip through Europe in 1967. He says, this is the one camera I am never parting with, which, by the way, is another good topic. He attached a favorite photo from that trip, which is adorable. Nice lens on that thing. Nikkor glass. Tom, thank you for checking in. Okay. It is a Friday. We have an email from Paul Friday. Okay. Oh, well, well stated. I believe this is directed at you, Mr. Sachs. <laughs> Paul Friday writes in on the subject of zone focusing the cure. Okay. Oy. Now, Gabe, you oh, have yeah. often talked about how zone focusing, scale focusing, he says, make yourself a card rangefinder. It will give you a pretty good distant measurement. Distance measurement for things that are close, and you are less likely to be far out for more distant stuff. Anyway, he links to on fupduckphotowordpress.com an article on making a card rangefinder. Gabe, will you ever make a card rangefinder to assist you with scale focusing? Would you ever yeah, do that? Yeah, like this interests me. I'm actually on fupduck right now, which yeah, I've never yeah, seen and, in my life. Yeah. Fup Duck Thoughts? Photography. Yeah, it's a really good website. I I, I think I would use this. I think oh, I would. Guys, think of that? there it is. Maybe well, listen, I'll have to try it. Maybe we'll have to talk about that uh, on our anniversary. Okay. All right. Gabe is going to maybe do this. Thank you so much, Paul, for writing in on a Friday. Next up. Am I going too fast, Gabe, or am I going just right? No, because we have <laughs> 652 emails. How many remain? Just Quite a bit, going. guys. Next up, this could be an XL yeah. episode. Next up, Larry Effler. Five pitches for the dice game names. Are you ready? One, craps yes. on a camera. No. Two, film rolls. Huh? Three, Yashika mm-hmm. Yahtzee. Yeah. <laughs> Four, <laughs> iDice. Five, baby needs a new pair of X-Bands. <laughs> <laughs> that's could be fantastic. Yeah, that's. Do I any that. of these beat the crapshoots? The crapshoot. Did any of them beat it? Have we no, beat the joke? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. Sorry, think Larry. So. Good Boy. try though. Thanks so much. Listen, it's still open for business. We may have some more suggestions coming up. Next yep. up, from our friend Robert Coates, he writes in. By the way, he is flashes underscore of underscore grain on Instagram. He says, "Hi, Jeff and Gabe." I found myself re-listening to your excellent podcast episodes and had a few thoughts. Why would you ever listen to this twice? Okay, that's fine. It's fine. He said, first I must ask, where is the bag episode? I know. Gabe? I know. Gabe? I know. I know. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. We will where do a bag, bag episode. episode. This, in November, we are doing a bad, okay. bag episode. That's it. Listen, I... I I am not a bag man, so I, I, I throw this to you. Okay. He also says, he would love to hear that Minority Report episode I've mentioned. I've, I've been talking about this for two years. Uh, it's on the list, man. If the dice go, if, may the dice ever be in your favor. He said also, listening to the older episodes now that Jeff has bought his X-Pans is quite funny. Now listening to them, it's obvious it was always going to happen. It makes me think the Year of the Dog Nikon is going to be purchased at some point. Gabe, I want to get your take on this. Do you believe that it was inevitable 
that I was going to get an X-Pan. Is it inevitable? Was uh, it inevitable? It was inevitable as soon as you said you were never going to get one. That's what I think. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I think that's what it oh. was. The minute, the minute you said you weren't going to get one. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah, the time yeah. I knew you. Especially oh. when, when uh, Chris Chu, our favorite person. Yes. yes. When he talked you out of it. Yes. And we did a whole said, episode. Yeah. In which and you, you said, me absolutely, you're not going to yeah, do it. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. I am telling you, though, the year of the dog camera, it's never happening. It's never happening. It's going to happen. Nope. Never going to happen. Yep. Never going to happen. Yep. By the way, I left out the one news item I said I was going to talk about. Gabe, will you remind me? <laughs> there was one news item I was going to talk about. Let's keep going. Okay. Now it's okay. He said, as you are both OM shooters, I have to recommend what has quickly become my favorite lens, 28mm f2. Have you used that lens? On which camera? This is on the OM. Yes. I love it. <gasps> I have used go. it. I love it. I have not used it. Thanks for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You can borrow it like, anytime. It's great. Yeah, I would like to try a wide. It's a good and it's not as wide that. as you think. Like it works mm. great. Like it's great okay. for street stuff. Yeah. He also said, this is interesting, Gabe, in light of something we ran into on our travels in Texas. He said, since you are both rangefinder shooters, I wanted to ask if you had used the contacts rangefinders or the Kiev clones before. I love yeah, the Kiev clones, and actually, we'll talk about this another time. But yeah, Jeff and I were at a place where I almost uh, picked one up. Yeah, in, he in, loves them. He goes yeah. on uh, at some length about this. He says he got a Kiev two A from Oleg of OK Vintage Camera, a fantastic seller of Soviet cameras and also a repairman. And he has simply fallen in love with them. That's great. He said they got a wide base length. He loves all. He uses all his screw mount lenses on them. Very nice. Good tip, Robert. Listen, Gabe is on the hunt. Yeah. I think using a contact, I mean, sorry, I think using a Nikon SP is my substitute for these machines, but I know it's different. Anyway, Gabe is on the hunt. Next up, we have uh, two mails in a, emails in a row from Mr. Martin McPherson. <laughs> I, I don't know what the accent is anymore. I, 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 I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing now. Martin says, by the way, Martin is audioper on Instagram, two emails in a row about an hour apart. I guess he had lots to say to us. He says, first of all, you can't just drop a hint of Polaroid things to come. Did the fabulous sissy have any details? We covered it. Has Jeff ever gone into a camera store without lightening his wallet? Ha, ha, ha. Especially when it comes to random special edition varieties. He is referring to my purchase of the Canon F1 Olympic Edition. Yes. <sighs> he says, it's bad enough I'm keeping an eye on the Pentax SB2. We'll talk about that in a minute. Despite having an SV and a Spotmatic on the shelf already. <sighs> he says, the I dream of cameras, unneeded camera purchasing disease spreads like wildfire. He also <laughs> says, adapting lenses is great, except that it's kept prices high. He has several for his Fuji Digital. He says the whole reason he bought the Contax G1 is for the infamous 45 that came with it, supposedly one of the best lenses ever made. Have you used that Contax 45? I have not. Interesting. I have not. But yes, very nice. And then Martin goes on some more. He says, I can understand Gabe's dislike of zone focus, but what about regular focusing cameras without a focusing aid? He loves his Retina 1A, Kodak Retina 1A. But he said he has missed several images because of either forgetting to focus or not guessing correctly. Yeah. He says, I do now have a hot shoe rangefinder, but it kills the pocketability. Have you tried Completely. anything like that? 
Have yes. you tried a? You have a clip-on rangefinder for one of your machines, right? I, I have a couple of them. Yes, I have a really yeah. old one and then a newer one. But yeah, I just I just rather it be all built into the camera. Yeah, I, I'm, I yeah, don't same. have that patience. Yeah, I have a clip-on a Voigtlander uh, rangefinder, which I sometimes attach to my Vito 2A, but most of the time I just don't like that little dongle off the top. I'd rather guess and be wrong. Right. So. He notes that the Canon FX is spectacularly similar to the FT and FTB. He learned photography basics from his dad, collected most of the extended family's cameras after kids made traveling rarer. And FX, FT, FTB, and AE1 with a smattering of lenses. Uh, anyway, Jeff, you didn't mention which Canon F1 you got. Okay. The F1 versus new F1 is a debate lost to the same animals in history. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys. This is a fight me on this, but a very specific fight me. Yes. I think the new F1, as it is called, which, you know, I hate how it looks. I hate it. This is the second generation F1 before the new F1, sometimes called the F1N. We're getting very in the weeds here, but I think the combination of factors it's got plastic tip on the winding lever it's got a couple of other esoteric improvements okay for this lake placid olympics edition eh? so i got the second generation f1 the f1n the new f1 is gross fight me on this finally he says dice roll topic what do you think are the most overpriced cameras for what they are what do you think good topic right boy there's a lot yeah. I mean, for what they are, are, I like that. Yeah. There are overpriced cameras like, you know, the Mamiya 7 too. Yes. Contact yes. 645. Um, but I'm trying to think if they're overpriced for what they are. That's that's the thing. I would definitely say the Contax T2, as you know. Oh, yeah. That's crazy sure. beans. And I think a lot of those point and shoot cameras are out of control. I mean, they're yeah. really, really crazy. They're just yes. so expensive. And. When you're getting past $1,000 for a point-and-shoot, I think, you know, it's nuttyville. Yes, absolutely true. Absolutely. Well, we'll, uh, we'll make that a dice roll topic for a uh, – it's still called crapshoot until somebody beats that. Um, okay, next up, Aki Soga wrote to us from South Burlington, Vermont. He says, Gabe and Jeff, he's talking about the Canon F1. Gabe's, Gabe and Jeff, I shot with a Canon F1 original version, thank you, from 1984 on until I switched to a digital point-and-shoot. It was indestructible. I dropped it on the pavement once to not, for nothing to show but a few dents in the penaprism. His first SLR was an Olympus OM-1, bought at one of those big Shinjuku camera shops in 1979 when I was in Japan on a college foreign study program. Can you imagine, Gabe, when are we going camera shopping? In Shinjuku, I was talking I to my girlfriend about this yesterday. When yeah. are we going to Japan? That's a that's a dream trip. Absolutely. When are the bad news bears going to Japan? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Anyway, he said he was a Canon F1 guy until all those old Nikon's began showing up on eBay for next to nothing. His current favorite, by the way, they talk of this on CCR Classic Camera Revival. His current favorite is the FA that he picked up recently for less than $100. Do you know the Canon FA? I don't know this machine at all. I know it. I've never used it. Yeah. But I know people are happy with it. 
Yeah, he says, uh, he said, I think I heard you mention the FA is one of the most underrated cameras, but I believe you were speaking of some other podcast, which is not a smash hit, Aki. Obviously. He says he still pines for a new M01. On we go. Next up, Mario Piper with some Pentax love. This is an audio thing, Mario. I'm saving it. I guess I got to cut this into the show later. We've never, it's the first audio thing we've ever gotten, and it's complicated. So I'm saving you for later. Next. David Wells said, got to catch them all. He said, hi, Jeff, saw this and thought of you. If you collect all the colors of the Minolta panoramic, you've got to collect all of the Olympic cannons. And he sent, oh, I think I said this wrong. The Canon F1 I have is the Lake Placid Olympics 80 Canon. He He sent me a link. He sent me a link to, on Facebook Marketplace, someone selling the Los Angeles Olympic 1984 new F1. How about that? Uh-oh. Is this another one I that's going to be in your... No. Uh, and uh, let me tell you sure? why. It's a new F1. And as I said, I think they're ugly. Okay. But thank you, David, for sending that in. I will not be getting it. Next up, Christopher Nado wrote in and said, binging, 16 in and loving it. Can you imagine, man? He's got 44 episodes of this noise to go. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, just wanted to drop you a note to thank you for this podcast. Listen, when you refer to us, refer to us by our proper name, Smash Hit Podcast. Right, he Smash says, Hit, always. You guys are good. He said, I'm binge listening and 16 episode in, just fell back in love with my old Roloflex, Roloflex baby. He guess oh, he has yeah. a baby Roloflex. And his Mamiya C330 TLRs, as well as a Pentax ME Super I bought with paper route money in 1980. And a 1926 Agfa standard bellows media format. Thanks to you guys. I love photography again. Look at the service we provide. Love My that. goodness. He says, I know I'm two years behind, but any thoughts of putting a Slack group together for listeners to share comments and ideas? You know, we. I want to solicit <laughs> my partner's thinking on this. Lots of other podcasts, ones that aren't smash hits, augment with a Facebook group or a Slack channel or a Discord or a Twitter feed. We have chosen to disdain that. Gabe, thoughts? I think we might try it. Why why don't we do a little experiment and see how how it populates? All right. Well, listeners, what do you want? I mean, uh, I'm on a WhatsApp group. Is that a thing? I don't know, guys. I don't want you to know too much about me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to find out about you, my friend. I know, I know. It's, it's so problematic. It's, but listen, let's uh, let's let's uh, poll the teeming masses, okay, and see what right. they want. Okay, we're going to take a short break here because I'm going to tell a story because we're about. I'm like I would like to say we are halfway through the prodigious mailbag. Who boy? Uh, I'm going to tell <laughs> one little news item. Leftover from last week's episode. Gabe, do yes. you remember what the principal topic of last week's episode was? Oh, please, please repeat it for the masses. Do you recall that we did something unprecedented in the annals of photography podcasting? We pulled back the curtain. We lifted the skirt, as it were, to share the contents of our eBay watch lists with our oh, millions yes. of devoted viewers. Do you remember this? Oh, I remember. Do you think that these listeners chose to honor the code of omerta and withhold <laughs> what restrain Wait, themselves? Do you think that they chose to do that to to observe the code and not steal oh, things off our Oh, absolutely not. Wish list? 
Absolutely. You would be correct. Yes. Let me tell you how many things have disappeared from my wish list. By the way, not yours, I think, but you have have you checked your wish list lately yes, to see if it's safe? Yes, yes. it's not very safe. Yes. I've here seen is it. what has here's what's disappeared from my wish list in the two weeks since that episode aired. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Minton Box Gold Minolta Peas. The hundred foot bulk roll of my beloved Panatomic X. <gasps> oh no. The rare Pentax SB2, sold only on Japanese uh, military bases. It's gone, guys. The rare Alpa 10D half a cookie half frame. <laughs> and one of the two Nika 3Ls that I tagged. All gone. Oh, boy. Gabe, I'd like you to take a minute and share your opinion of the kinds of listeners who would go in like vultures and pick the meat from the bones of the corpse of my eBay watch list. Well, maybe if you think about it, they bought them for you. Is there any chance of that? I do have a birthday coming up. We do have the best listeners. We do have the best listeners. You also have a birthday coming up, so it's possible. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to keep my powder dry and say, all right, okay, guys, maybe they just bought them as gifts for me and you. But I will tell you, if the if we make it to the end of this year and I don't have those as prizes, I'm going to have something to say. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Back to the mailbag. Here we go. Here um, we go. Here we go. All right. Um as you all know, uh, episode 50 was posted not just as an episode of the Smash Hit podcast, but also as a video on YouTube, on the I Dream of Cameras YouTube, which contains exactly one video. Chris Chu gave it the title, Is Vivian Meyer Overrated? So, <laughs> talk about vultures. Occasionally, someone will come by and deposit something <laughs> in the comment section. Christian Andrew commented, Is she no, not a chance. Not well-known enough is more like it. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Christian. Next up, our dear friend John Michael Mendiza on the subject of M42 cameras wrote in and said he would like to chime in with a camera that's an M42. It's from 1959. Here is the feature set. Shutter speeds from 9 seconds up to one one thousandth, an adjustable delay self-timer, interchangeable waist level and prism viewfinders, an alert in the finder if the film has not been advanced, option for intentional double exposures, front-mounted shutter release with a lock, a little foot that can be pulled forward to keep the camera from tipping forward on a table when a heavy lens is attached, and depending on the lens, there's even depth of field preview. My favorite. (laughs) I know. What is this camera? Any guesses, man? I couldn't believe when he said. Are you ready? Yep. An Edixa Reflex D. Oh, wow. You know, I know this. I rem- Edixa Reflex D. Unbelievable. This is a camera. Listen, 
John Michael lives in Germany, and this is a camera made in West Germany. He said there are a bunch of variations, but he said he got his a few years ago. And he says the fact that it has an optional waist level finder, that was a big draw. He said if you want to use all these features, make sure you have the manual as some of the settings are not super obvious. He said for ease of use and reliability, he would recommend a Spotmatic F. But the Adixa is a good-looking and interesting addition to the M42 discussion. This is exactly the kind of email I love. Letting me know about a camera I had no idea existed. How and about that it, camera always reminded me a little bit of an Alpa. Like it always, there was always something, oh, there was some yeah. version where the yeah. viewfinder was black and the, you know, it was one of those things. Yeah. 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 So, uh, gosh, great one. Great one, John Michael. Um, thanks for the tip. Any other Edixa shooters out there man yeah tell us camera i know so well uh i'm heading back to europe tomorrow so i will keep an eye out for this baby okay on we go oh, mark yeah. paskowski mark paskowski from alameda camera california wrote in to say the subject line is i dream of cameras community rocks and airport fun. Here he says, first, some praise for the for the I Dream of Cameras community. He says he has tremendous gratitude for those who took the time to chime in and answer his question about clearer, bolder exposure numbers on 120 film. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. He got his dad, whose vision is not so great. He got his dad some roles to try out, and he's extremely happy with how visible the frame numbers are. I Amazing. Dream of Cameras community, fantastic. Now. He said he wanted to share an airport security experience. He oh says boy. he was traveling between California and Singapore. He brought along his Canonette, also a Canon SureShot 130U, and a lot of film. He said this was his the second time for him that San Francisco International TSA has been hand inspection friendly. He said the trip wow. was so thorough, he was starting to sweat with misplaced guilt. He said they took every 35-millimeter roll out of the plastic canister, swabbed the cassettes, and the film ends. They also took his daughter's Instax film from the sealed box and swabbed the wrapper. Unbelievable. He said, though, when he came back to California, he said at Singapore's Changi Airport, security agreed to hand check his film, but placed it on the belt in a sectioned plastic tray with the laptop. He said, <laughs> he said, you know, that rushed bustling feeling of the security line in the organized chaos. I assume the special section on the tray where his film baggie was, was a temporary holding spot and things would proceed. But he said his wise and ever vigilant 10 year old daughter became concerned and said, oh, daddy, the film. Then he realized he needed to bring it back to the security person's attention. And finally, his Ziploc bag was cheerfully hand inspected. Moral of the story, always listen to the kid. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Got to be vigilant. He says, though, uh, here's a very unfortunate P.S. from Mark. He said, yes, the Canon QLG3 shutter release is mushy. And it did not bother him before. But now, every time he slowly presses the shutter, he thinks, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And he hears <laughs> Jeff's voice in his head yelling, mushy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ruining cameras. That can be scary. 2021. Yes. 2020. 2020. And your experiences. That's dream of cameras. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next up. Heath Dewey chimes in again from the mouth of a child is the subject line. He says, I'm not saying I have a problem with collecting and repairing abused old cameras or anything, but my three-year-old does refer to Q-tips as camera cleaners. 
<laughs> That's amazing. There that you go. That is amazing. Okay. Mark Beadle wrote in. He says, please don't announce me with a British or Scottish accent. I sound like neither. Mark, what accent should I use? <laughs> he says, on the subject of photos not taken, he says, this instance came to mind. He said, it's not so, one, so much one that got away, but one I let leave. He said, my instance was, I was taking some photographs of the Knife Angel which is a statue made from knives which were surrendered to police during an amnesty. He said it was made to raise awareness and in memoriam of those lives stolen by knife crime. Oh, wow. He said as he lined up one of his final shots before leaving, three older women walked into his shot after a moment of realization that actually they would add to the photo. Just as I was about to take the picture, the middle woman turned around and burst into tears, being confronted by the other two. They were wearing an old shirt with a photograph of a young man saying, Justice for. Couldn't bring himself to take the shot, but I know just how powerful it could have been. Had I taken it, I can't say I would ever have shared it. Mark, I hear you. I actually found that to be a very yep. moving email, particularly in light of a lot of the images we've been seeing this week. Yep. So I think a lot about photographs not taken, and I think that's a moment of respect, and it's uh, appreciated. Thank you. Yep. This hobby is about emotion, and I appreciate that. Okay, next up. Oh, boy. Is Vivian Meyer overrated? Would you like to hear another response to that? Oh, of course. <laughs> a gentleman named Gilbert de Nobile. Gilbert de Nobile. It means Gilbert the Noble. Do you think that's his real name? <laughs> he says, <laughs> Vivian oh, yes. did not care. Vivian did not care what people thought about her work. She probably did not care whether people noticed her roli. We do not have to question her artistic sensibility. Why would we want to do that? What would be amazing to get an insight on would be how she approached her subjects. Focus a roli, calculate exposure so effortless, uh, effortlessly. The photographs speak for themselves. The tonal range in her photographs is astounding, as it was for Bresson, L'Artique, Lisette Modell, Elliot Irwin, etc. I'm just so happy to see her work thanks for your video you know what i don't disagree with that i'm not a hater hate the yeah. game not the player yeah i don't even know what that means yeah, I'm, I'm thank you it. for that gilbert i'm with you okay here we go oh my god this is from derek leith who boy he is dl double underscore images on instagram i think it's a yeah it's a double underscore yes dl double underscore images Episode 58, he says, is this the one for me? He says, I was listening to episode 58. I hear Jeff went to visit KU Rock Chalk. Does that mean anything to you, Gabe? No. no. Okay. It's something that people who are fans of Kansas sports yell. I don't understand it either. Yes, no. Anyway. He said, I don't live in Lawrence, but my family all went there. My daughter and son-in-law lived there. He works for the KU football team. Then Gabe mentions Russ and daughters, and I just got my food shipment from them from, for Rosh Hashanah. How about that? That's he great. said about the same time, he was looking over his camera collection where he has three Pentax Spotmatics, all with the original 1.4. He has a lot more cameras, but anyway, he includes a photograph here of his Alpas. Gabe, did you see this photograph? I did not see this photo. I want to see it right now. Six. Six oh, Alpa you're kidding. cameras. Oh, Six. my gosh. Look at this. Six. A black body Alpa 11SI. Not as good as my Chrome one, but nice. A 10D. Does he use them? A 9D. 
I think he does shoot with them. I think I have seen him on the Alpha group. Okay, next up. Okay, Gabe and I have already, already talked about this, but Tom Northensgold did direct Gabe to, on natcam.com, a Nikon F Photomic with the 1.4, okay? Yes. This was not with the plane, and you disdained it, and why, Gabe? Because it just isn't pretty enough. It's not just not the one I'm looking enough. for. Okay, not pretty mm -hmm. enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, not pretty enough. And you know what? Not the plain prism, right? That's what you want, right? You want the plain prism I want the edition? boring, the boring, yes. simple, you know, with yeah. with beat up, though. I need a beat up. Yeah. I do not want a fancy one. I want a beat up, and that's going to make me happier. Okay. The next, I agree with you. So, guys, keep a lookout, okay? He wants it beat up. Okay. Next up, this comes from a gentleman named Todd Davis who works at Warner Brothers Discovery. How about that? Mm. He works at Warner's. Do you know this guy? Anyway, he the subject line is, it's okay to like cameras more than you like photography. This was an excellent recent article on Casual Photophile that says, it's okay to like cameras more than you like photography. Gabe, do you have thoughts on this topic? Do you like cameras more than photography? Thoughts? No. No. <laughs> I like I like photography. I like photography more than cameras. But I do love cameras. So it would be I would say uh if we were comparing, I'd say I'd give cameras a nine point seven and I yes. give photography a ten. There you go. I'm with you. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. Exactly what I would say. I agree with you. Man, we have just gone over the one-hour mark, and i got to check something. Because do you know what I'm doing at uh, 4 p.m., Gabe? What are you Dance doing? Dance lessons with my girlfriend. Uh, so oh. listen. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, how much further to go? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to knock off a few more emails and get us to the end of September, and then we're going to kick the other ones down the road. There we go. There we oh, go. We got through man. a bunch, though. This oh, is good. Oh, man. Okay. The next one comes from... Would you be surprised to learn? Alan Perez, who was just asking where episode 61 is, wow. he says, but we can't celebrate Roger Maris till we celebrate. So, wow, I cannot talk. He said, but we can't celebrate Roger Maris till we celebrate Babe Ruth. Good point, Alan. There you go. <laughs> okay. Tamara Watson wrote on the subject of camera swap in California. He said, my boyfriend and I have started listening to your podcast. He said, listen, I'm going to fast forward, Tamara, because she's talking about an event that already occurred in Roseville, California at Action Camera. Oh. Okay? And they have a camera swap? What? Wait, where? Where is it? Yes. Roseville, California. Do you know where that is? No. Hold on. Wow. Unbelievable. Listen. Okay. I'm just going to say to Tamara, or Tamara, I'm hoping I got it right. I'm just going to say to Tamara, thanks for this heads up. We're going to keep an eye out for We're the going. next one of these That's and a road try trip. to go. Six yes, hours. Six-hour drive. Are, yes, six-hour drive. Is it really a six-hour drive? We can do it. We can do it. Oh, my God. Right up All the right. I-5. We're going to do All it. All right. Okay. Next up. This is from Christine Pennick. Beautiful. She says, on the subject of half-frame cameras, she has a medium-format half-frame called the Bellicini Corolla, that's with a K, K-O-R-O-L-L, -L, 24S, which takes a takes 120 film, and you get 24 pictures on the roll. How about that? Wow. Isn't that technically 
a no it's not six by four or five it's not it's a six by three right six by three and she includes a contact sheet and from this camera what a cool thing half frame damn half frame 120 gabe have you ever heard of a half frame 120 camera never but that's more interesting to me than a 35 millimeter half yeah frame. of course yeah. it would be because look at the wide image you get yeah Damn, Bellicini Corolla K O R O L L 24S. Christine, thanks for writing in. I'm sorry I bobbled all over the place trying to remember your name. Next up from Howard Sandler. He says, Dear Gabe and Cousin Jeff, we'll get to the cousin part in a minute. He says, You mentioned the Roli C35 on the show. There is a much less rare 35B or B35 that is very plentiful and cheap. Howard, I'm aware of this. I bought one of these as a birthday gift for my girlfriend's son, okay? This is basically the C35 with a meter, okay? But anyway, he said he had one and foolishly sold it when he had an opportunity to buy a 35S at a good price. He includes a link to a photo album, which is under H. Sandler on Flickr, of his photographs with the Roli 35S, which are lovely. Howard, thank you for chiming in on that. Gabe, on the subject of the C35, you know, the C35 is extremely rare. You hardly ever see them. Like, it's almost what? never My seen goodness. ever. This Lo is you incredible. You never see them, but one just floated past That's my head. Amazing. I, it's an amazing thing. Um, I love it. Finally, he said... Uh, but, you know, there's an extra kick from getting something good out of a cheap camera. Maybe that's a topic for discussion. What cheap cameras are you proud of having made good photos with? How about that? That's a good topic. That's a I like great that. topic. Yes. Yep. So I am going to add that yeah, right now. That's a good one to our list of crapshoot. Yes, very, very good. Finally, he says, on a previous show, I recall Jeff musing about whether we are related. Howard, I'm going to skip to the end. We probably aren't because my grandfather's given name was Nathan Solomon. And when he ran away from home, I believe when he was 15 years old, he changed his name from Solomon to Sandler so his family would not find him. How about that? Wow. There you, he okay. really wanted to get away. He really wanted to get away. <laughs> This is the final email we are going to read in this episode. We did not get through all 46, but we got through about 39 of them. I'm so impressed. I think we are safe yeah. to kick the can down the road a little bit. Yes. We're back to Tamara, a.k.a. Tamara Watson, and she said, this is a retort to our latest episode in which we mentioned that you were going to do a fearless and searching camera inventory and decide what to get rid of. Exactly. Do you remember saying that, Gabe? 100% correct. She is absolutely right. Here is what Tamara says. I just deliver the news, man. She says, there is no way Gabe is going to part with those cameras. Ha ha. How Thoughts? dare she? How? Oh Thoughts? my gosh. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I am going to get rid of some cameras. Yes. And uh, it's just figuring that out. That's all I'm saying. It's going to happen, All I right. promise, and I will send her, you know, the people who buy them. You hear that, Tamara Tamara? He is throwing <laughs> down the gauntlet. He says that he will do it. I promise. Okay. Guys, what a marathon. This has turned out to be an XL episode. Maybe not a double XL, but definitely a long telephoto. Okay. Yes. We will now close for now what I would now refer to as only a prodigious... 
mailbag. Okay, as you know, you can write to us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com. While I'm at it, I will tell you that our Instagram is idreamofcameras. Gabe Sachs is Gabe Sachs on Instagram. I am S. Jeff Greenstein because Jeff Greenstein is a tax fraud felon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Did I say is. you can go to idreamofcameras.com for all your iDream of Cameras oh, needs? Because you can. You and can. it is giving season, guys. We're heading into the holiday season. What better than to get somebody a piece of our lovely merch? Better merch than any podcast out there, smash hit or not. Agreed. Yes. Gabe, it's time for the thank yous. Oh Let's my goodness. roll the credits. Please tell us whom we have to thank. There's a few people. There's a few people. Um, uh, that we're thanking that uh, don't usually get thanked, but it's for a reason. So I have to thank yes. Sissy Lou. Sissy yeah. Lou sent me a beautiful, beautiful uh, Polaroid that was from our adventure <gasps> in New York. Yes. And just, you know, she's so thoughtful. It's mounted. It had some like smoke paper, you know, with the little wax seal on it. It was just such a great presentation. So thank you. Thank wow. you, Sissy. Nice. She's on an adventure right now and has more film than I think B&H has in stock. It's amazing. She's going. Also, a proper thank you to William Piper for lending me that Nikon 28 oh, Ti. Uh, which it was we'll talk adventure. about in the next it episode. Much, right. Much appreciated for lending it to me. And then, of course, yes. we have to thank, thank the amazing Fred Corey for our music and we have to get to those sound bites that we're uh threatening but we, we will definitely get to them and fred yes. is more than happy to come up with some stuff for us and and we're always thankful for that and then keith greenstein oh my goodness our look as we just said we've got amazing merch that you should all have you all know someone who takes pictures i think you should uh give it to them or if you're giving away a camera give them a camera and a t-shirt I think that's always Smart. a great thing. Or a mug. You can go on and on. Check us out at idreamofcameras.com. Wow. What a what a ride, guys. Uh, thanks for all the thanks to all the listeners who wrote in with their thoughts. We love hearing from you guys. We have more and better emailers than any podcast out there. Uh, you could take that to the bank. I don't know who said that. Phil Rizzuto for the money store? <laughs> Maybe. Right? I think so. Gabe, what a ride. I'm heading to Vienna tomorrow and then on to Salzburg and then I'll so be jealous. back. Yeah, I know. I know. This is my last Europe trip for a while, though, but uh, very exciting to, to be going. I have a large bag of film. Cannot wait. Uh, anybody with tips on Vienna or Salzburg camera shops, email us. Perfect. That is important. All right, Gabe, walk us out of here. Okay, so here's what I have to tell you. I was shooting with my FM3A. I was doing a photo shoot. I was very excited to get the pictures back until I got to frame 35 and heard. Oh, oh no. No. And uh, that was the end of that role. But uh, I was oh. very, very, very frustrated. So people, please, if you're feeling some tension around frame 35, <laughs> uh, don't force it like I did, like a big dummy, which I learned when I was 15, but still did it anyway. Uh, anyway, have an amazing few weeks, and we will see you next episode. Bye.